Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we're joined by special guest, Pastor Marcus Mullet, as we answer the age-old question, if I boycott Target, am I a salty bigot? Now, I said that we have special guest, Pastor Marcus Mullet, and you might have noticed that there is a similarity in the names there between <laughs> Tim and Marcus that's because uh, Tim and Marcus are actually brothers, and uh, Marcus is actually the other pastor uh, at the church that Tim and I attend. Uh, so we know you, Marcus. Uh, I've known you for a long time. Tim has known you for you know, way longer than I've known you. His whole life, man. At, his that's whole right. life he's known you. That's that's <laughs> a crazy relationship to have, almost like family, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we know you, but then everyone out there listening, they don't know who you are. So why don't you take some time to introduce yourself as we start this episode? Yeah, man. Well, I'm the pastor at well, one of the pastors, along with Tim, at Provenance Church in Montevallo, Alabama. And that's Provenance, P-R-O-V-E-N-A-N-C-E. And um, so, yeah, we've been doing that. We're a church plant. And we're kind of getting established now. Been doing that for going on five years now, and it's, that's been an amazing journey. And I, I have a wife, Mariah. We just celebrated our 13 year anniversary yesterday, and we have six kids. We have a huge silver van that we drive everybody around <laughs> in. And um, yeah, and and I and. I'm also bivocational, so I'm a videographer at the university here in town. And me and me and Harrison write music together, doing sound of provenance stuff. So, man, I'm, I'm pretty pretty slammed, but it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. So, so you've got a lot of ministry stuff going on, yeah. and then, and then, like I like I had mentioned, you know, we've all known each other for quite a while. So it's about time that we're able to get you on one of the episodes. It, um, so. I'm looking forward to talking about that. Now, I mentioned the the title question for this episode was, if I boycott Target, am I a salty bigot? Now, as we're getting into that conversation about you know Target, boycotting in general and whatnot, 
it'd probably be helpful just to sort of explain for anyone who might not know what's really what's going on here, why we're talking about why we're mentioning target um, at all with any of this stuff. So basically, I guess, um, you know, about a week or maybe two weeks ago, target started putting out a new line of clothing that was, you know, essentially trans clothes for children. Okay. So, so think like, you know, one year old quote unquote tuck friendly swimsuits, uh, (laughs) for one year old, (laughs) you know, I mean, I mean, we're not talking, we're not talking about like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm 30, I'm, I'm a full grown adult. I can make my own decisions. They might be stupid decisions. They might be poor decisions, but they are my decisions. right? Right. We're talking about children here and, you know, So Target puts out this stuff. They put it out right up front where everyone can see it as you're first walking into the store. So there's no way you're going to miss this stuff. And essentially there is a, there is a a pretty large amount of backlash over this from, you know, conservative um, people in general uh, where they're very angry. They're very upset about these things. And so a lot of people, they started calling for a boycott of Target over, you know, over this issue. And, you know, the media sort of paints it as like a, you know, right wing extremist boycott basically, but real in reality, it really is just, I mean, the target demographic for target is like your, your, your average, you know, uh, white American mom. So, you know, if that's why, if that's right wing extremism, then, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just at a loss for words at that point, but basically that's the situation you have where uh, they're putting out this extremely inappropriate clothing line for children, um, you know, and, a, and a pushing an ideology that's very manipulative and, and essentially is, is preying on young children in general, uh, trying to trick them into ruining their lives forever. And Target's getting on board with this. So there's a lot of people out there calling for a boycott um, over Target, which leads to a lot of questions uh, for Christians, I think. There's a lot of questions about, like, what do we do with Target specifically? And then, you know, now that we're sort of moving into this realm where they're, especially in the in the month of June, which is, you know, a lot of, you know, is considered Pride Month for a lot of people, all of these companies are coming out in their support for the LGBTQ, you know, agenda, basically, like putting out their logos in rainbow colors and whatnot. So a lot of people are calling for boycotts of various things. And so that does lead to a lot of questions for Christians in terms of, you know, not just with Target, like what do we do about the Target boycott, but then how do we view boycotting in general? You know, am I being like, am I, am I obeying the commands to, you know, uh, love my neighbor as myself through boycotts? Um, you know, am I, am I like, somehow ruining my witness in some way by mm-hmm. boycotting, you know, there, there's a lot of questions that hopefully we'll get to talk through tonight and, and provide some clarity on. Um, so I guess, why don't we, why don't we just start with, you know, Mark, Marcus, Tim, what are we supposed to think when it comes to boycotting in general as Christians? How, how should we approach that topic? What does the Bible have to say? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to kind of go back to another detail that maybe, I don't know if you left out on purpose, but it was interesting about Target also was um, the designer. If you go look, there was articles everywhere. The actual designer, he's he's a guy overseas 
and his clothing lines, he's a, he's a known Satanist, right? And <laughs> Oh, okay. And, yeah, <laughs> I, he's, I actually didn't know yeah, that. Part yeah, of it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So he's a known Satanist and his art that he puts out, if you go to his website and things like that is like, you know, Satan loves trans people and, or Satan's okay with trans people. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the gist of it, you know, but, um, and then he actually has like Satan, you know, drawn there, you know, displaying his love for, for the ideology and things like that. And I wish I could say I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it, it, it's pretty crazy in the sense that, um, you know, when, so when Christians started seeing not only like it being out front as much as it's been pushed the last few years, especially this year, you know, being right up in front of the store, you know, right at the key selling point. I mean, like any, anytime you put something um, at the front of the store, right when people walk in, it's the first thing they see it, it represents like, you know, we're, we're all about this and, and we're, um, you know, it's an agenda we're pushing, you know, on people when they walk in and you're proud of it and and that kind of thing. You wouldn't put anything in the front of the store that you weren't weren't super proud of. So um, so it's not only that, but then when they trace back, you know, who's actually providing these clothing lines and then like to see that they're Satanist and they're going to him to say, hey, can you make art for all this stuff we're going to be putting out? So it's pretty crazy, you know, so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I if I knew that, but. I can't say that I'm surprised in the least. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, when you look at, when you look at Jesus's interaction with the Pharisees, you know, he said that they were children of Satan. Right. Um, and they didn't, they didn't claim anything about actually worshiping Satan. But then at this point we're dealing with people who are say, just literally, literally saying, yeah. you know what they, now I understand a lot of them, you know, they, they try to say like, no, I don't actually worship Satan, I just, you know, I worship the opposition of God essentially. And it's like, they can say that, but then essentially that's the same, that's the same exact thing. You know, you're, you know, if the Pharisees are children of, of children of the devil, you know, for misrepresenting (laughs) God, then you are certainly a child of of Satan. Yeah. (laughs) With, yeah, I mean, with the modern church of Satan, uh, many of the Satanists, they, they are still materialists, so they don't actually believe in a, literal Satan in that way, but then, um, they do believe that those forms are useful. And, and so, you know, it is a, it is a very, uh, interesting kind of mix on, um, Satanism in terms of how it's currently manifested, manifesting itself in the church of Satan and all that. But I, I think, you know, when we, we started our podcast, one of the first episodes we did was related to fat shaming. And then we talked about like going to target and we, I mean, me going to target and, that was my first exposure to target in a long time. Like just going into target and seeing all those pictures of the body positive people. And then the, you know, the sodomites everywhere. And so I, I guess now that a Satanist is uh, involved in this, is that just a bridge too far for Christians? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's part of the impulse here is like, okay, all right. Well now we knew Satan was working in the background all along and we get that. <laughs> You know, and like, you know, the Bible says that the God of this world is blinded unbelievers. And, and, you know, Second Timothy talks about in chapter two that, you know, Kate, Satan has captured unbelievers and they're captured by him to do his his bidding, you know, his will. And we, we know the verses about those things. But then to, to actually see, you know, 
um, target putting out a brand and going to a guy that if you go and just check on him just a little bit, you know, he's, he's pro Satan. He talks about this idea that, that, um, basically Satan is a symbol and an embodiment of people, you know, being whoever they want to be, you know, self-actualization, just kind of, who do you envision yourself to be? Pursue your passions and pleasures as far as they can possibly go. And, and so, um, so that ideology is there, but then when Christians see like, okay, there's actually pictures of Satan associated with this stuff. It's like, all right, he's coming out to the forefront making himself he's getting bold man like he's just like he's not hiding anymore in the shadows he's he's making himself apparent that you know the the people of this world they're going to worship me and it's pretty scary and and uh, it's a hard time to be in you know they're saying the quiet part out loud huh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well mark mark is like as you think about the idea of boycotting i know that this is a topic that um you've maybe changed some with you know like in terms of your convictions you've changed them somewhat over the past few years like in that you know boycotting for you um just a few years back maybe it wasn't something that you maybe uh thought was very biblical and in i think you know you're you know right now if you were to say hey um you know what should a christian think about boycotting it seems like you've developed your thoughts on this topic over the course of you know the past few years and just looking around at the culture the way that it's going in certain ways and so you know how have, how has your views changed on boycotting in general and what are some things that have led to some of those changes yeah yeah so maybe like looking back um i'm real big you know talk a lot about evangelism and a lot about you know being on on the great commission and following through with, with, with Jesus left behind the, you know, go into all the world and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. And I think for so long, that idea of being an evangelist kind of took on almost like, you know, this, this American Southern kind of seeker friendly kind of flavor for a while. Um, in that, in that, you know, you don't, you don't, step on people's toes and in order to reach people, you have to, um, you know, become their best friend over a long period of time. And, um, maybe one day get around to sharing the gospel with them and, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Like, and, uh, I'm still big on relational evangelism big time, you know, but, um, but a lot of times when people get in that mode, they're, they're not focused on telling the truth. They're, they're focused on, you know, easing, easing people into the truth. And then, and then what they find is um, it actually makes it harder to reach people for Jesus. Cause you know, they're not being bold to share their faith and shine light on the truth and, and be salt to preserve, you know, um, God's attributes in this world. So, so anyways, all that to say, you know, uh, you know, there's verses that you have to kind of balance out like, Hey, as much as it depends on you live peacefully with all men you know, Second Timothy talks about this idea of like not getting into foolish, ignorant controversies and, you know, not being quarrelsome and 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 those kind of things. Um, and so how, I think it's been a journey to kind of get through, like, like, how do you take those verses and live those out um, in the context that they're meant to be lived out? But then also, um, you know, hey see what's going on in front of you and understand that God's called us as Christians to be bold 
and and he's appointed us in this generation to to really shepherd God's flock and and to not be scared to say the things you know like as shepherds you you see the wolves right and you and you have to see them and and be able to identify them and call them out and if we don't do that well then we're going to be held accountable to God because the Bible says we're keeping watch over the souls of our, our, our flock and, and anybody that's like in our ministry sphere, you know, that, that looks to us for those things. So um, we gotta be, we gotta be cognizant of that and, and, and see the battle all around. So I think it's been a journey of like, you know, as things have gotten worse and worse, especially in the last, man, and it's escalating the last, what, two or three years, man, the, the cycle of, of sin and just, you know, how far we've gone and since the pandemic, even, you know, like, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. how did we get here so quick, you know, and you saw it coming for the last 20, 30, 40 years, little by little steps have been taken and Satan's been moving in the background, but now he's coming to the forefront and it's time to step up and be bold, you know? So there's more so to think- it, but you know, like that's kind of how I got here. <clears throat> So, so as you've been watching the culture basically dis- decay all around you and you're noticing that, um, you know, Western civilization is uh, in the midst of a collapse and that's just, you know, that's been a catalyst that's caused you to think more carefully about the issue of boycotting in general. But, you know, before that, uh, I, could, uh, I mean, just maybe take a step back and say, you know, I know there's a certain points just because I'm your brother and we've talked about these things, but I mean, there's points in your life where, you know, boycotting seemed like it was um, a bad idea. So like in like taking a step back, putting yourself into, you know, Marcus three or four years ago or whatever, like what, what, what about like boycotting felt like it was a bit off before, if that makes sense. Yeah. Boycotting. Okay. So, so if you're trying to reach people and like build bridges and, and build relationships, right. With people then in, in essence, by, by boycotting the, you know, things like, like, um, you know, like boycotting Disney back in the day when they started having pride days, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what's, what you're saying in a way you're communicating that, um, you don't want to have anything to do with these people in any sense. Right. And, and I was always wary of that being taken as like, Hey, you know, we don't have love for our brother's made in the image of God, brothers and sisters made in the image of God. And it would kind of put a wedge up for the gospel to be professed to them because, you know, basically we're like, Hey, we don't have anything to do with you um, at all on any level. And then also like kind of elevating those kind of sins. So, so obviously um, if we're going to take that stance at boycotting something like that, but then we're not necessarily boycotting all the other kind of sins in our life. You know, are we being consistent, you know, with that? And um, how do we how do we navigate those things? You know, how do we be consistent in that? And if you're you know, if you're not going to boycott all the other things, like the Bible says that every sin is, is making us unworthy of you know, our relationship with God. And it will lead to us going to hell if if we don't put our faith in him. So if that's true, you know, are we just are we we only boycotting the really dirty things that that you know, are happening in society, you know, like those kind of things make sense. So, um, yep. yeah. So I, th- I, th- go ahead. I think that's kind of how people generally think about it. So, I mean, in general, like 
as as you're thinking about the topic of boycotting and as I've talked to people over the years, it seems like most people like their primary reaction to the idea or the thing that they're primarily pushing back on it is like this idea of hypocrisy, which you which you mentioned, meaning like if you don't consistently apply boycotting across the board, like to every conceivable kind of situation. So if if like if there's any sense in which you're selective or you don't have like an internal kind of uh, mechanism that you're using to basically like operate on principle and, and, you know, figure out why you're doing. So if you can't apply it, so like the fear is, it's just like, well, it, once you start down that path, you know, and, and I don't know if this where's is it in, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where's it in? Yeah. yeah. So like in, in some of that, I mean, I, I don't know how that, um, I, I know that in a lot of people where that's coming from, like what it appears like that's coming from is just like, it, there's a, there's like a bit of worldliness that's there yeah. that they're, wanting to hold on to like meaning um like you know as i've thought about like these things over the course of my life and you know you thought about these things for years i think there was something that was impressed upon me early on in my christian life that like i'm dying to myself i'm taking up my cross i'm following jesus whatever that means that i'm gonna do and so then in my mind there was kind of this thought that well i'm willing to boycott if that's what i'm supposed to do Right. Right. <laughs> like, like if, if that's what God, you know, Christ calls me to, if we're supposed to boycott, I'm willing to do it. But I, I mean, I want to make sure we're doing it right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I want to make sure we're boycotting. Right. I want to make sure it makes sense. I want to make sure it ma- makes biblical sense. But I noticed like for a lot of people, like the, the idea of boycotting kind of turns into, um, I'm like, what's front and center, it seems to be, um, like this idea that I'm afraid to go down that road because I may lose all the stuff I like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It, if I do I, one, <laughs> I, you, you know, you laugh, you laugh about that, but then I have, I try to keep tabs on what, you know, um, people who are like basically the polar opposite of me, you know, in terms of mean? like their ideology and, you know, their beliefs and their, their political views and whatnot. I try to just like, read the things that they're saying just so I, just so I know, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a beneficial thing to know. Like what do the people who are, who are not like you, what are they saying? How are they viewing the world? And, you know, one of, one of the jokes that they often make, especially I've seen it a lot this month now that, you know, all the companies are putting out their pride logos. They're like, you know, they'll, they'll show like a new, you know, um, major league baseball has their pride logo. And it's like, Oh, conservatives, y'all going to start boycotting this now? And, you know, it's like, add this to the, the list of, you know, 500 other companies that you're now not, you're now not going to, you know, participate in or give your money to. Yeah. Let's see how long that lasts for you guys. So, so, I mean, it is a legitimate, you know. Well, and, and you've got Tim, you know, like the Chick-fil-A thing happening right now where somebody dug up their diversity and inclusion statement. And now, now. I'm sure it was, you know, probably not like a Christian. I'm sure it was like secular world news, you know, that kind of was trying to find something to catch, you know, the Christians, <laughs> the Christian nationalist in, you know, or whatever. And they found this statement and, you know, made it mainstream. And now they're like, oh, what are you going to do now? You know, like <laughs> that's God's chicken. What What's up now? <laughs> that's God's <laughs> Turns out it turns out it might not be as holy as you thought it was, huh? You know, like so. I, I think that's you're, you're scared of that too. You know, like like losing. You know, and 
And I think too, like also just, you know, I don't want to, I think for the longest time in, in, in one sense, you don't want people to see you like that crazy church that boycotts everything over in Texas, you know, and they're like picketing. Uh, God people. hates fags. Yeah. Church. Guys. Yeah. Guys fags. And, you know, like, because there's people out there representing the name of Christ that are doing it in that way. Um, you know, it kind of puts a stain and, and makes others wary to kind of step into that at all, because it's like, well, you know, now, now we're looking like we're going to, you know, that, that's our goal. And also just the idea of like, like coming across as like hateful and not caring about people. And so um, I think sometimes that can keep you from stepping into what you're, you should be stepping into. Cause in a real sense, you don't want to lose the world's love for you. Right. Like Christians have been living in that for a long time where, you know, you can get famous in American culture and you can get a platform and you can, you can have a bunch of money, you know, make a name for yourself and be a Christian. And as long as you kind of, you know, politic with the world a little bit and, and, uh, you know, stepping into these kind of subject matters, they aren't popular, you know? So, so a lot of people go ahead, go ahead, Harrison. Well, I was, I was going to, you know, say, so basically that was your, you know, that, uh, that was your view on boycotting, boycotting a few years ago. And then Tim, I think you were saying something similar, not similar, but you know, more like a, Hey, you know, I'm cool with boycotting, but I want to make, you know, I don't want to just dive into this willy nilly. I want to make sure that this is actually something that honors God. So, you know, what is it in your mind then? Let's flesh out some more. What, you know, what is it in your mind that you see in the Bible that's, that makes you say, hey, no, we actually do need to, you know, boycott some. There are certain things that we are going to have to boycott and just abstain from uh, in the world. What are what are the things pointing you there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good question, man. I think, you know, initially I didn't plan on saying this, but I thought of a story just now, you know, like I love the story of David and Goliath and, and, um, and they're in a battle, you know, and David walks up and he sees Goliath, this giant that everybody's terrified of. And think about this right now. Like everybody is terrified of LGBTQT two plus you know, the acronym grows, <laughs> ABC you know? suit. Yeah. 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 I'm not trying, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just like, it's ever growing, ever expanding. Right. And, um, so everybody's terrified of this giant and you've got, you've got David who walks up, who loves God and, and he sees all of the people cowering in fear. No one's fighting. He's like, anybody gonna fight this guy? <laughs> He's defaming our God. He's blatantly flaunting it in front of you guys, man. And, and so all the people that should have been fighting, including Saul are, are, are hiding from this giant, like as if God can't, can't do something about it. And, and then you've got David who, who kind of steps into it and, um, and, you know, we know the story, right? God, God used him in a powerful way. And he's an example of, of, you know, just, honoring God above all else and, and not standing for people profaning the name of his God and, and um, saying, Hey, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight the fight and send me out, you know, that kind of thing. 
And, and so I think, I think there's something to that. I think the biggest thing that helped me understand this and see this for what it is, I think we've been living in a, a delusional kind of state for a long time in the American church where, where we, we think we can avoid suffering and persecution and, and in a real sense, we don't realize that we actually are in a, in a spiritual battle. Like we're in a war and we step out into it every day and it's waging all around us. And um, if we understood we're in a war and, and we had the proper discernment about those things, um, we need to, we need to be ready to fight the battle and be a good soldier, you know, and, and those kind of things. So that's my initial, that was kind of my initial concept of of like stepping into this more and more is just like saying, Hey, when you start to have spiritual eyes and see the cosmic forces and then like they're getting blatant and they're like, they're you getting realize like it's, pre- it's pretty bad right it, now. Yeah. <laughs> like putting it in your face. And then you see Christians cowering and man, the dude the other day um, that, um, you know, he, he was an athlete and was a professional baseball player. And, mm. and he made the statement, against all all the the pride month and the backlash and he actually retracted and apologized for saying those yeah. kind of things and you see your christian brothers doing that and you know hey it is mercy on him peter denied christ three times and and he can be restored and we need to pray for him you know i'm not trying to bash him like i'm not saying i i would have been even better than him in that situation i hope i would have but I am saying it's scary to look around and see all the Christians defecting and, and, um, you know, so. Well, don't you think part of the boycotting stuff is meant to, you know, I mean, you're talking about like, Hey, people are cowering in fear over the LGBTQ stuff right now. And at least in the sense of like, you know, Hey, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, all the companies are basically doing like the path, the, the gay version of the Passover right now where you, you know, you put the you put the rainbow version of your logo on your Twitter profile, yeah. and then the LGBTQ, you know, the the That's spirit true. angel of death will yeah. pass over you, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and yeah. spare you. Yeah. You know, so you have that going on right now. Um, and then in my mind, it seems like the boycotting stuff, and, and like you said, that that's bleeding over into the Christian realm as well, where Christians are afraid to you know, come out and, and just say things, um, that are, that are plainly true and obvious, but then it seems like the boycott to, to boycott some, at least some of these things, especially as it pertains to the LGBTQ agenda, that's meant to teach Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's meant to be something that says like, Hey, there are certain things that are so bad. We will not even give them our money anymore. Right. You know, well, well, even if it, even if it makes my life you know, a little bit more inconvenient. That's better than, than funding that. And that's better than teaching the people around me that it's okay to, you know, continue to support them while they're doing that. Is, am I right in that? I think there's definitely, yeah. I mean, as you're thinking about those kind of topics, I mean, we're definitely moving into a, a culture right now that's a lot more hostile to Christianity than it used to be. So I, mean, I think Aaron Wren describes these in terms of like, we used to live in neutral world and in neutral world, that's kind of what Marcus was describing where you could, you could, um, basically, um, you could be a Christian. It wasn't really like, um, 
like a positive or a negative, so to speak, right? So mm. you could be a Christian, it didn't really count against you, but then like there's rules for living in, you know, neutral world, but now we're in negative world essentially. So in negative world, it actually does cost you something and there's uh, things that you lose. And among those things you lose are, you lose like the, um, y- you know, the praise of the pagans essentially, right? So they're, <laughs> they're actively hostile to us at that at this point and they're kind of accelerating and getting more hostile. And one of the things it- that they... It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I I just watched a, before we started recording. I just watched a video from some comedian. He did a skit that was basically like coming out as Christian to your uh, <laughs> liberal parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that kind of thing didn't happen in you know in neutral world or whatever, right? <laughs> right. So like that, right. That's that's happening in negative world. But then the the issue is like the left. They know how to squeeze to get their way and they've been you know they've been active they've been organized they've had a plan you know and they've been carrying out that plan for years and years and years and and like that plan involves you know punishing dissent you know right like punishing dissent in a very active way and so I, i think christians have always been a little bit wary of uh the idea of you like so there's a lot of things that are happening like they like we've been wary of the idea of using political power in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think many people, they look at the relig- religious right, um, the moral majority and all that. And they kind of, uh, I think we've overreacted to that to where, like, I mean, obviously we're going to win the world through preaching the gospel to them, but then we don't quite know what to do in terms of, um, you know, how we're going to spend our money and, you know, are we going to use these methods that the left is using? So the left is like, you know, I mean, if they find a Christian baker who's baking cakes or, um, you know, Christian photographer, wedding business, they're going to like punish them like into oblivion, you know, uh, send the internet hordes, you know, (laughs) to their door uh, and do whatever they can to actively destroy those people. And so, you know, I I think there's a sense in which like many Christians have that, hey, well, maybe we should be above these things, right? Like we should Mm -hmm. be above these things. You know, cancel culture is bad, you know, so we don't quite know how to participate in that. But then, you know, as you're saying, like, like the idea of a boycott in general, it is a tool that is well within our rights, so to speak, as Christians to use. And it is basically just a, it is a tool that we're using. And if like, you know, the LGBT, you know, QIA plus whatever uh, community, uh, community, so to speak, like, I mean, they're using, they're just a very small minority of people and they're Mm -hmm. getting every major corporation to bow down to like their priorities and their values. And so I, I think, like, you know, you can think about boycotts in different ways, but, you know, obviously it is a tool that we can use and we, we really haven't been organized enough to use it. And I think a lot of the reason why we haven't been organized enough to use those kind of tools is because we're just, I do think we're so, lo- we're so worldly, you know, we don't want to give up our stuff. We're, we don't want to give up our entertainment. We don't want to give up the respect of, you know, all the pagans who, um, you know, hold all the keys and the doors for us. And so we don't want to be like that person, you know. Uh, but then I think that the more that they're actively, you know, shoving this thing down our throat, for lack of a better term, I mean, um, you know, sending their, um, you know, perverted people into our women's locker rooms and to beat up on our women in sports and, and things like that. I think there's more of this sense, sense that, um, like, it's just insane. Like, we, we're surrounded by insanity right now, and it's you know, it's okay to say, Hey, no more. I'm tired of it. I don't, you know, and I think part of like, just like the whole idea of boycotting in general is just to say, I mean, surely it's okay just to say, 
Like if you keep on poking me in the eye and you keep on poking me in the eye and you keep on poking me in the eye, at some point, do I have, am I allowed to just kind of say, yeah, I'm done with you. You know, I don't have to buy stuff from you. I'll go buy from someone yeah. who's not going to punch, you know, poke me in the eye anymore. And so I think like the, like my perspective is like Christians have to gain this. Um, they do have to gain some kind of, you know, moral awareness that it's okay to not be in abusive relationships with these companies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you know, I mean, like imagine Tim, you remember this back in the day we had, we had this little, little buddy that was coming over down in Cape Coral, Florida. And he acted <laughs> like he wanted to be our friend. Right. Right. And, and he, he was like just a really nice kid. And then one day we came home and the police were at our house and that little boy was being taken out in handcuffs because he had tried to steal all of our video games, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, so you get what I'm saying, right? Like you, you, so basically so, you, you ruined your witness with that kid because you, you had him arrested. No, for actually the, the, the cops law. got called on him by like a neighbor. Um, so oh, oh, we just okay. came home and okay. we're like, what? And and it was like this shock of like, Hey, we thought you were our friend and we thought you cared about us. And, um, and then t- to realize that, you know what, you know what, like you actually had ill motives this whole time and you were working, you were working this ploy and working the system. And that changed. And it's not that like you don't you don't pray for them and you don't want to like forgive them and that kind of thing. But it does it does change the way you look at them now to realize, oh, if I would have known that, you know, what would I <laughs> what would I have done? And, you know, I would, I would have been different to know that. And and so so I, here's the thing was I, I talk about this uh, a lot with this idea, um, this idea of dis- like discernment. And um, I come from a mass comm background. Um, where I took communication management, I majored in that. And we, we, Tim talks all the time about Hitler. Like he loves to talk about Hitler, you know, um, <laughs> he's the paragon of evil, the man. paragon of evil. Um, we I actually, like to violate that internet law that, uh, basically says, uh, you know, if a conversation goes on for any length of time on the internet, eventually Hitler will get brought up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then at that point, that's where you uh, have lost the argument. But I just like to ironically yeah. bring it up just to violate that rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to bring him up too. Um, <laughs> uh, we took a, we took a, cl- uh, it's called PR, public relations. And the whole class, we studied Hitler and Nazi Germany and how they use propaganda to basically socially condition um, the the people in Germany to get to the place where they were all of a sudden now okay morally killing and exterminating people that weren't Aryans, you know, like um, blonde-haired, um, pale-skinned people, especially the Jews. And and so we know, we know the history of it. But how did it get there? You've got you've got this kind of this tyrannical kind of government guy who um, controls the narrative, right? So what he what he did, first thing he did was he stomped out dissent. Anybody who had an opposing view when it came to the news, when it came to to TV, when it came to thinkers in college and writers, he he arrested those folks. They they got they got um, you know thrown in prison. Many people got killed. Um, you know. Um, he got con- total control of of the narrative, right? And and nobody was allowed to say anything other than the Nazis' view of of what was going on in the world. 
And then over a period of time without they're in this echo chamber, dissenting, no dissenting voices. And, you know, they get to this place. Um, we also learned in MassCom that there's this idea of, of bullet theory. So when it comes to media, um, media has a way, especially like visual media, has a, such a way to kind of go through if you're not a really discerning person and you're not a person that's actively watching and testing the spirits of like, like what you're taking into yourself. Um, in a in a real way, you're being conditioned to like with this thing called bullet theory. And it's the idea that that messages and media, especially visual messages, go straight through through your defenses and go straight into your brain and become your your ideas and, and your belief system and things like that. And they so essentially, lot. essentially, they're basically just sort of like subtly rewiring the way you think right. without you even realizing brain it. brainwashing people, you know, in a real sense. And and they did studies of, of all these different people, like these little kids that weren't weren't discerning. Right. And and they, they showed them certain certain um, images and, and worldview. And then they asked them what they thought about things. And they were just watching it passively. And and the kids, you know, whatever they saw was what they believed and what they said they believed now over a period of time. And then the ones, the other control group, um, it was the opposite. You know, they they fed them something else and they believed something completely different. And they tested this for a while. And um, and so, you know, media media is powerful. And and for whatever reason, we're visual people that God God has wired us that way. And we know we're that way in so many ways, which is why we're addicted to entertainment. We're addicted to screens. And, and we, you know, like people, you know, I don't know if you saw the new Apple thing that came out today uh, or yesterday where you can put on the, the AR and augmented mm -hmm. reality and it basically be perpetually connected to the internet and entertainment, you know, without ever having to take it off. Um so it's interesting. It's interesting what you're saying there with uh, like the idea of constantly being brainwashed by images and all that. And that kind of relates to my target experience. If you like about a year ago or whatever, just going into target, like, I mean, I, I really don't go shopping very often. And so for me, um, I mean, I'm just cheap. I don't really like to buy things. I don't really, I mean, I don't like to go to a store because I'm going to be tempted to buy something and I'd rather not even be tempted. But, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't been in Target in a long time. And then going into Target and just seeing all these, you know, like sodomites everywhere, you know, all the eth, uh, um, diversity and inclusion and all that and all the body positivity stuff and all, all this stuff that's just it, like for me, it was, it was, um, it was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> like what, what is happening? You know, so like, but then that was because I, uh, you know, and I had to send Harrison some text messages of all the sites that I had, you know, came across on my adventure there. And, and, you know, I was asking him to explain like, what has happened to Target? You know, and he's, and, and you know, from him, for him, he's like, oh, you're just, you're going to into Target now for the first time. And like, <laughs> where, <laughs> where have you that been? Is, at for, been <laughs> for a while, man. Yeah. So, but but right, so but then the issue though is for me, I hadn't been in the store right in a long time. Right. And so then I look at these things and I'm like absolutely shocked by it because it's like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know, because I hadn't been conditioned and brainwashed, and like the same thing kind of happened with. Uh, watching tv with elizabeth or whatever like i haven't watched tv 
on a regular basis. I mean, hardly at all, like for the past 15 years, like I just, I just haven't watched it. And I'm looking at like, you know, and this is just a few months ago. She's like, we're watching a show or something. And, and like literally all the commercials are just like, um, social justice campaigns <laughs> that are just like crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like these are not the kind of things that I, I'm used to like, um, uh, you know, uh, Friday, um, uh, like the last kind of TV I watched was, you know, early two thousands or something like that. Thank you know? goodness it's Friday. Yeah. yeah TGIF kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. I guess it's been a long time, like since I've watched TV, but then just looking at, looking at all these commercials where like with all the, you know, uh, alphabet people in these commercials, you know, and, and almost every single one of them, it's like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. being, um, um, taking a bath in filth, like watching these, yeah, uh, commercials. But then, if that uh, the point though is just to say if that's your normal, like if you're like, like if if you hadn't taken the break for you know two decades of watching TV, yeah, it that would be normal for you. you yeah. <laughs> like you know you, you didn't go to Target in like you know five or ten you know ten years or something, but you didn't have any real reason to go in there. Like these things are just kind of normal, and they train you to think like this is all normal. It's inevitable. Don't fight it. Right. Yeah. Don't fight it. It's inevitable. We've already won. Yeah. You've lost, you know, Yeah. to where, you know, me going into those kind of scenarios, it's just like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So much so that there's like funny, funny little TikTok videos of like flamboyant guy talking about, you know, going into target and, you know, the air smells awesome. And all of a sudden he wants to buy everything. He came in there to spend like 10 bucks and he's coming out like with credit card debt. And he's like, what did you put in the air? You know, what's happened? But like, the funny thing is we all laugh about it, especially Christian mothers in the South, like my wife and me and my wife, I sent her that. And she was like, yeah, that's what it is. You go in there to spend you know, 20 bucks and you come out and you spent 300 bucks. And like, where did it go? You spend it, you know, and like we're just throwing money at at this place, like and and look and not even looking around and discerning what's happening, you know. So pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty amazing, you know. Like it, it you know, it's a, it's a similar experience for my family, you know, where you go into, you go into, you go into Target just to look at you know one thing that you need, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, we need this and this and this. And it's like, yeah. I have to be the voice of reason. A lot of times it's like, no, we don't actually need that right now. We came for one thing. Let's go get the one thing. Um, um, but you know, as we're thinking about this issue, the main, the title question that we started everything off with was if I boycott target, am I a salty bigot? (laughs) Right. So, you know, what, what's the answer to that question? You know, like, am I, am I just a salty bigot? Am I, you know, when it comes to what target's doing where they're putting out the tuck friendly one-year-old bathing suits, like, yeah. are we, over, are we overreacting? Um, are we doing something that ultimately is dishonoring God by saying, Hey, you know what? It's time. It's time to stop shopping here. If they're going to uh, say those, you know, if they're going to sell those things, uh, what, what's the, you know, what's the answer to that question? Am I a salt? Am I just a salty bigot? Yeah. <laughs> yes. For other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you both said yes. 
Yeah. You know what's fun? You know what's funny about that is is Marcus <laughs> Marcus just said yes, no qualifier. Tim was the one that said yes and added a qualifier. <laughs> normally, normally Tim, you're the one that you're the one that's just like yes, and that's it. <laughs> you know, and that's it. So, yeah. so okay, but but at the end of the day, y'all are both saying yes. You are a salty bigot. <laughs> so yeah. what, we were just what? saying you were a salty bigot personally. Oh, oh, I'm a salty bigot personally. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, why, why is that then? Think about the podcast you do. No. <laughs> it's totally unrelated to the target thing. Boycott everything. everything. You've been Bible bashed. Um, dude, I would say, you know, I, even before I, I want to get to the, like, I want to answer your question, but like the, the quick part of it is, I think it's like, before you even use the term boycott, we need to, we need to realize our identity, right? So the Bible says that we've been made in the image of God. We were made to be image bearers, which means like when people look at us, they should see a reflection of God's character and his nature, what he cares about. Um, you know, what he would do is actions, the way, the way that he would approach this life and, and those kind of things. Right. And, and then, you know, when Jesus talks about, you know, this idea of, he was asked, you know, what's the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart and your soul and your mind and your, in your strength, right? Every part of you, every part of your capacity should be focused on the, the love of God primarily first and foremost. Right. And, and um, including strength and strength is this idea of, of like, you know, what do you pursue, you know, and what do you go after and, and what do you value? And how are you spending your 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 capacity that your, your your physical self, all those things? And then we give ourselves physically to to work to honor God, and we make money, and then we go out and spend it. And and the true Christians understand that they're not not just spending these things arbitrarily, and we shouldn't be spending them flippantly. That God's called us to be stewards of the resources He's given us to use for his glory. Right. And so, so all of these things aren't neutral, you know, the, what we invest our time in, what we invest our, our thoughts, our thought life in what we're passionate about, what we care about in our desire maker, our heart, um, all of these things reflect either the image of God through our life, or they're going to reflect something else. And oftentimes it's like what Tim's talking about at the beginning. Like, I think, I think, when people approach this subject, um, they're thinking more in terms of, you know, what they truly value, which is, you know, they don't want to lose Disney and they don't want to lose their Bud Light and they don't want to lose their target experience because they truly do value those things for things that aren't related to, to what they were created for. And so getting that in line first, I think it's important to say, okay, with that in mind, let me steward my time. Let me steward my resources. What kind of place would God you know, want me to go and invest in and, and, uh, and, you know, to, to bring him the most glory that I possibly can. And I think when you think that way, it helps filter through like, like beginning to answer these kind of questions. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, it, you know, it's not every, you know, everywhere that we spend our money, everywhere that we spend our time, you know, those decisions we're making are not always morally neutral decisions that we're making. Right. right. 
That's yeah. essentially what you're saying. Yeah, you got to dig yeah. down to the to the the deeper level, you know, like the why, um, right, right, and and get to the heart of it. And a lot of people, yeah, they seem to think that everyone has a right to your money, or that like you have like some sort of obligation to give. Like, um, you, you know, a lot of it's just related to just the way we view fairness. Uh, you know, as you're talking about this kind of concept, and so then like because like we're predisposed to think about everything in terms of fairness, then there's just, uh, you know, it's like if you were to bring popsicles to the park or something like that, and there's a bunch of kids there, you have to get give every single kid a popsicle or else you're not being fair or something. But then, you know, like in reality, you do have different duties to different people and you don't have an obligation to, you know, take all of your resources and give it to everyone, you know, period. Like, right. like meaning like you have responsibilities, like first and foremost to your family, like in terms of like, it's not good to take the children's bread and give them to the dogs. Like you, you, like you have responsibilities to take your resources and invest them in your, your, your literal family, in your church family, you know, above all else. I mean, if there are like Christians out there that you have an opportunity to support, like there's no reason why you shouldn't like yeah you you do good to all especially to the household of faith so like if there are like really good like i mean if there was like a christian bookstore if there was like a christian you know um that was actually like good <laughs> you know i mean if there, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if it was like a christian grocery store or something along those lines like there's nothing like the christian doesn't have to feel um like they're robbing the pagans by right. looking to um you know, those causes with their resources that are a better, you know, use of God's uh, resources. So, I mean, like, so like the idea of stewardship is not like totally disconnected from this topic in general. And it may be that, yeah, I mean, everywhere you look, it's just all, you know, it's pagans all the way around, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like, I got to go get groceries. I mean, there's no Christian grocery store here, you know, so I'm just going to have to pick you know, I, I'm either picking from buying my groceries at Sodom or um, Gomorrah, you know, <laughs> and, it, it, and yeah, I mean, a lot of times it does reduce to something along those lines, but, you know, I mean, like, so, I mean, obviously, like, there's hard questions here to be asked, like, you know, what do you do, right? And so you have to be in the world and not of the world, you know, there's like real questions of like, um, you know, you don't judge those who are on the outside, but you judge those who are on the inside. Sure. I mean, there's real questions along those lines, but I mean, if, if, um, you know, I do think if, if you were just to think about it, like in terms of just, um, what the example Marcus gave of like the kid who came over to our house and stole all of our, all, stole all of our stuff. I mean, like at a certain point, it's just like, well, Hey, yeah, I mean, if you want to be our friend, um, <laughs> don't steal all of us. Don't steal all of our stuff, right? Yeah. You know, so so in the same kind of way, like if you have a bunch of pagans to choose from, uh, right, to, that you're going to purchase from, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's perfectly reasonable to say if you're just going to make yourself obnoxious, keep on poking me in the eye, keep on like disrespecting everything that I believe in, keep on trying to force me to accept your agenda, and you're going to make that what it's yeah. about right and mock, mock our god you know to our face blatantly openly you know um well it's a similar like like there's a similar example like with that with just like the difference between like michael jordan and lebron you know as uh, sports stars so you know when people were to ask like michael jordan um you know if he was a democrat or a republican you know, he, he basically just kind of wouldn't answer that question and say, hey, yeah, you know, 
a lot of uh, Republicans buy Nikes too, right? <laughs> that was kind of his response to it. You know, a lot of a lot of Republicans, like meaning I'm not trying to make myself obnoxious to the people who are going to buy my stuff, right? Yeah. You know, and that's like the very difference between like someone like LeBron and someone like Michael, whereas like LeBron is going to make himself obnoxious to, you know, everyone who doesn't agree with him politically. And it's just like, hey, man, we're just mm-hmm. trying to watch basketball here. We're not trying yeah. to, you know, have you take your politics and shove it down our throat. But I mean, I think there's something like that that's happening with the whole boycotting issue to where you have a bunch of people who are essentially just, um, it's like, like, if I have two choices, and you're not just going to go all out against everything I believe in, you know. I'll go with Michael over LeBron, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't ask me not to make that calculation, right? Like, if you right. want me to like you, be likable. If you don't want me to like, if you don't want to be likable, then like, don't expect me to patronize you. I'll go somewhere where they're not, you know, trying to poke me in the eye. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so how, go ahead. Oh, go keep, ahead, Harrison. Keep, you go. keep. No, no. You keep going, Marcus. Keep going. Yeah, I I think um, it, it's really it's really important, and and the other the other part of what you're saying that that I I've been thinking about a lot is like kind of coming back to this idea of discernment and the battle. Like if we really view ourselves in a spiritual battle, and we see how the enemy's at at work and how he it's amazing. Think about this. Like at at the same time that we feel bad about boycotting what they're trying to to do in 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 the world right now is boycott Christians. More Christians are being killed um, in the world every year than have ever happened in the in the course of human history. It wasn't just back 2000 years ago when Jesus like I mean millions and millions of Christians die every year. Um and and you know society's doing the very same thing and and uh you know, they're they're boycotting Christian ideals and Christian values and um you know trying to take down churches trying to take down pastors and the faith that have been faithful you know everywhere you look that's that's what's taking place you know in the same media that's telling you hey you need to love us and you need to be nice to us you know um and and so it's really interesting um that that um while that's happening, they're they're kind of working the ploy, and you know, and, and Christians are being taken out left and right, and and we have such a powerful witness that we can have just through the way that we you know express how we want to spend our money, and um, and and I think we have a, a big opportunity with this idea of of if Christians can kind of get on the same page, like you said, and and. Um, express our values in that way. We have a big opportunity to really show people, Hey, you know, no, this is not, this is not what God was about. Um, there's a lot of prophets in the old Testament that, you know, shouted to places like Sodom and Gomorrah and that, Hey, you need to turn and repent. And, and, and they did it over and over and over again. And any society that's ever gone down this road and fully embraced you know, like things like homosexuality and um, bestiality, uh, you know, uh, pedophilia, you know, all, all the things that is becoming commonplace in, in our world right now. All of those societies quickly and be, 
were taken down over the course of history and yeah, you know, history is doomed to yeah. repeat itself. It's going to happen. Every major civilization, right? Get this. Every major civilization, every empire that just really had control over the world for a period of time, um, the, the MO of them all was they, they went to a place where they valued entertainers more than they valued people that were actually doing, bring, doing valuable work for society. Right. Think about this right now in America, the top paid person in in each state is the college football coach. The, the, the highest paid public servant in each state in the United States is the, <laughs> is the football coach of the, <laughs> of the university in that, in that uh, state, you know, um, and we value that, that screams strong society to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, hey, who are the people we're looking to to hear from? We don't want to hear from people that really know what they're talking about. We want to hear what LeBron thinks about social issues. Right. We want to hear what the entertainers and, and the actors and the actresses, if they don't speak out on subjects, then, you know, it's because those are the things that are esteemed. And and um, man, so. Is it's crazy what's going on right now, you know? But money, money speaks, money speaks, and yeah, money, money talks. All right, and and if you follow the money, you're gonna follow what people value. That's just true. What you value is what you pursue, and you're gonna pursue it with with your resources. Money is the thing that everybody spends most of their life trying to pursue and trying to earn. You know, most of our job and our waking moments are spent earning money, and and then we invested in the things that matter most and people invested in their homes. They invested in their vacations. They invested now more than anything else in their entertainment and their devices that allow them to pursue entertainment. And, and so well, it says a lot about what, what uh, we value as a society by, by the money and you follow the money. And I think, I think for us as Christians in, in that same way, if you follow our money. It should show that what we value and that kind of thing so 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 what what about boycotting makes us salty though <laughs> <laughs> well i mean certainly yeah i, th I think if um, you know from the perspective you're you're using that word in two different senses right so <laughs> so like does boycotting make you a salty bigot mean meaning uh, that you're just uh, needlessly offensive to the pagans um, <laughs> yeah. you know in that kind of way it's a well, funny word yeah it's funny <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, certainly, yeah, I, I think, you know, the pagans are going to, um, they're just baffled that we're not rushing uh, headlong into the flood of iniquity that they're leading us under, right? So, like, in that way, I mean, it just, you think about what happens even in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, where, you know, Lot is begging the Sodomites to not behave so wickedly, and, you know, their reaction to that is just to say, hey, this man came to sojourn, and now he's become a judge, essentially. So, you know, if you don't approve of what they're putting out by spending your money on it, certainly they're going to think that you're just, you're offensive, you know, you've appointed yourself as a judge, you're here to, you know, shame us. Um, you know, I mean, and that's essentially what Romans 1 says, that man is condemned in part because he, you know, not only did they, like, do these wicked things, but they give hearty approval of those who did. And so they're, you know, the pagans, they're going to be baffled if we, we, we don't support all the things that they support. They're going to accuse us of being bigots. They're going to accuse us of, you know, being, you know, salty in one sense. But then I, I do think it is Christian's job to be like real salt in the world, you know, like real, like a real preserving agent in the world. And, you know, that's essentially what, what was happening also in Sodom. 
Uh, so, you know, Abraham was begging the Lord not to destroy the city for the sake of Christians that were there. And that's, I mean, we can be that like in a small way by just saying, hey, no, we don't need what you're selling. We don't want it, right? And if you keep on asking us to do it, you know, we're going to take our money and we're going to go to people who like are not um, on board with this kind of agenda. And like, like there should be a very real sense in which like there's a lot, there should be a lot more Christians in our country than there are sexual deviants in our country right now. And, you know, if we got our heads together and start thinking strategically about these kind of things and, you know, quit basically just accepting this argument that you have to give all the pagans their money, consume all of their entertainment, you know, uh, buy everything that they're selling at a certain point, it's going to hurt, hurt, right? Right. (laughs) It's going to hurt and there's going to, it's going to be de-incentivized in that way. And, you know, obviously you can't change hearts in that, like by doing that, you can't change their hearts, um, but you can't affect their pocketbook and you can't be a, like the exact preserving agent that God's called us to be. Yeah, we can't, we can't change hearts for sure. And God has to do that through his spirit, but we can be obedient to be the image bearers. You know, he's created us to be and reflect his nature and his character and his values and those things to the world unapologetically, you know? And so, you know, Matthew 5, 13 through 16 talks about the salt and it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made um, salty? It's no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so they can see your good works and give glory to your father and who's in heaven. And, that, and I think I think that has to be our primary motivation more than anything else when it comes to how we steward what God's given us is to say, I want, I want God to receive glory through us. And how does he receive glory? When we reflect that word glory means that to, to reflect to magnify his character and his nature um, in a in a really true sense, and and we get to do that through through these kind of means, right? And and preserve, like you said, Tim, preserve his his traits and his values and who he is, the image of God. They need to be able to see it clearly. Light, what does it do? Yeah, light, light for sure does good things for people, and it does charity and cares for the poor and it cares for the widow. Um, you know, as, if we're a light, we're doing those things, but light also like shines like, like it talks about in Psalms, you know, it shines on the path and it reveals the path to God, right? It makes it clear. And then what also light does is it, it, it overpowers the shadows so that you can see where the enemy's hiding so that you can watch where you're stepping. So you're not like stepping in potholes. Um, and and so we as Christians have been left in the world not just to do the good things and, and the benevolence, but also to say, hey, you need to you need to know that Satan's working a ploy right now, and it's amazing how much he's winning, and that the Bible is true. He has blinded the mind of unbelievers. He's captured them to do his will, his bidding, to the point that that target is allowing him to represent their clothing right so so (laughs) like i mean it's amazing and follow the money follow the money money talks um if it wasn't working then they wouldn't be investing in these things (laughs) you know what i mean and um right 
it, like it, for sure, for sure, they would not be investing in in these things if if money didn't talk. And what's amazing though is when you look at the losses, the billions of dollars at Target and Bud Light, and and um, how they're backtracking and rethinking, you know, their stance on like pushing these things a little bit because. Wow, there are a lot of people that actually want to be salt and light and stand up and say, "Hey, you can't you can't mock my God anymore, right?" Um, and and so we can't we can't keep the the great tribulation from coming. Christ, we need to long for Him to come back. We can't put our hope in boycotting. Um, we're, we you know I don't want to put off like Christ coming back any longer, like we, we need him to come back quick. So we're not boycotting in order to avoid the inevitable. Um, it's, it's all about glory and, and worship and honor to God through our lives and, and unapologetically, you know, bringing him the glory that he deserves. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think you're talking about, you know, we're, we're meant to be light in the darkness. Right. And, and Jesus in that same passage, he talks about like, men will hate, they hate the light. Right. Yeah. Why? Because it exposes all of our dark deeds. Right. right. Uh, and you know, I, I think when it comes to this boycotting topic, there, there is an aspect of that that's happening. Like people are going to hate, hate that Christians boycott, you know, they're going to hate that conservatives in general are boycotting really because ultimately it, it doesn't affirm the sin that they're trying to celebrate. Right. It's doing the opposite. It's essentially saying what what you are pushing out is evil and wicked. You know, I don't want my family around it and I don't want to fund it with the money that I've, I've worked hard to earn, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so so in this topic of boycotting it, it really you are going to see that. I mean, boycotting is not like a you know, when you're fighting a spiritual war, it's not going to be pretty. Right. And, and you're going to have a lot of people who are angry and upset with you. And, you know, I think I agree with you, Marcus. I think the thing that's encouraging for me is even though it seems like Satan is winning on so many aspects, I mean, we we have like a major, a multi-billion dollar company just basically painting, you know, Satan's face on, you know, like right in the front of their store, essentially, you know, they're, they're pushing someone's, um, uh, you know, clothes who is outwardly you know, professing, worshiping Satan. Right. And, you know, that, that seems very, that seems very like, man, we are not winning <laughs> right mm-hmm. now, you know, but then the encouragement that you're, you're talking about is essentially like, well, we already know who's won. Yeah. And it, it wasn't Satan. Satan didn't win anything. So ultimately, you know, Christ has already won the victory and the good news for us is, you know, we've we've been gifted the opportunity to partake in that victory, and we're essentially just going in the victory lap right now. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Proclaiming to people along the way what Christ has done, and so, so the hope there at the end of the day is just to say, yeah, like the boycott. You know, it, it the boycotts are something that that Christians need to take seriously and need to seriously think through. But then no one needs to approach those as like the end all be all, you know, if this fails, we've got nothing left kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because because who, who knows what God's plans are at the end of the day? And it, and it might be that, you know, somehow, some way God gets more glory out of, you know, our nation continuing the downward spiral that it seems like there's no end to for us right now. Um, but then our, our hope ultimately is that 
that Christ will one day return. He'll make all things right. You know, he'll judge all of us according to our works and he'll look at, he'll, you know, everyone will bow before him and confess that he is God. You know, all of our sins will be exposed before him. And, you know, for some of us, for some of us, we'll be able to say, you know, Christ has already paid for what, for what I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so we, our job is meant to, you know, do everything we can do everything in our power to tell people about that, even if they hate us for it, you know, tell people about that, um, so that they, they too can join in the ranks of those who have been reconciled by God. So that's the ultimate hope at the end of the day, even though this is, you know, this is kind of like one of those conversations that feels like it can be a bit of a downer at times because we do just have to acknowledge reality. We do have to acknowledge the mm -hmm. situation while still understanding, you know, there's an eternal, <laughs> there's an eternal outcome to all this that's already been decided. You know, so. it, I think what you said too, it, it should drive us to compassion um, more than anything, you know? Um, and, and uh, I think, you know, if we look through the spiritual eyes, and we would see all these people, we see society and we see it for what the Bible says it is, you know, like I've said a couple of times, you know, we want people to lead, um, I'm sorry, we want God to grant them repentance, uh, maybe right. perhaps right. and lead them to the knowledge of the truth. That's our, that's our hope is number one, glorify God. But number two, like everything that God says, he's, he's love. And all of his words are loving, even though they're hard to hear. And and they're the, the things that God said are the most loving things that we can say to people, right? Right. And yeah. we, we can't be embarrassed of things that God is not embarrassed to say to us about himself. And and he's made these things plain. But the, the hope is that God would shine the light on their hearts and, and the Holy Spirit give them the ability to turn from their sin. And that's supernatural. God does that. But somehow he uses us as the ambassadors, um, but we have to see them with compassion in the spiritual sense. You know, like if we could pull back the curtain right now, we would see a bunch of people captured to Satan doing his bidding. And, right. and, and then, you know, frame that as we boycott and we glorify God, you know, that has to be the the heart of all of it is, Hey, I'm not any better than you. Like I was captured by Satan to do his will <laughs> too. And then, and it's only right. because of the grace of God that he made me alive when I was like dead, just like you, I'm not special. And, and in fact, I'd be right there with you if it wasn't for what he was doing in my heart. And, and I want you to see the truth. I want you to get over the delusion and, and I want to, I want to like give you the, what is it? The blue pill <laughs> in, the, in the matrix, you know, like uh -huh. you sure you want to, I think it's this? the red, I think it's the red pill. Is it the red pill? Yeah. I think it's the red my pill. Bad. Yeah. It's been a while. That came out a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> you know, seriously, you know, I want you to know the truth and, and I'm not scared. I'm not so scared of you that I'm not going to love you the way God commanded me to. Right. Yeah. I'm willing to risk everything, right. you know, my relationship with you, whatever to tell you the truth. And then I'll trust that, you know, like the Bible says, uh, for some, that message will be a message. Of, the gospel will be a message of life to life. Right. And then for others, it'll be one of death to death. So, right. And, you know, we have to leave that up to God and just trust that he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up 
um, the conversation on this. And so hopefully this is given, you know, our hope with this is that it's something that gives you a lot to think about when it comes to boycotts, whether, you know, whether you're the person who's decided, you know, um, why, well, you know, I, I've never even really thought about whether it's good or bad to boycott. You know, we, we want to give you some stuff to think through and, and ponder for yourself and point you in pl- to places in the Bible that can, um, you know, shed some light on this topic, because at the end of the day, I mean, real like we've been talking about, we do have to make decisions about where we spend our money, where we spend our time, where we're spending all of our resources and uh, and, you know, whether that's Target or, um, you know, like where wherever it is, we've got to spend them somewhere. So let's think through what's the most biblical God honoring way, you know, to do that, to spend our time, to put our family around, you know, considering what messages am I allowing uh, myself to ingest? Am I allowing my family to ingest? So there's a lot of really important stuff here that people need to think through. And our hope is that, you know, that we've uh, equipped you in some way to be able to uh, think through these things more in depth and from a more biblical uh, perspective. So we, we thank you guys for supporting us week in and week out. We thank you for interacting with us online. It's a lot of fun to get to talk to you guys and, you know, get your feedback on episodes. And it, one of the really encouraging things that I've seen is just how many people have reached out to us saying, Hey, this has been a help to us, or, or, you know, this has been something that I haven't even really thought about before. And after listening to the episode, I realized that I need to do a lot more thinking about this. So that that's, you know, a really special thing to get to hear from you guys. Uh, and we thank you for all the financial support that you show to us. If you want to support us financially, you can go to our Patreon, and that's a good way to support us every month. And until the next time, we look forward to seeing you again. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move. Thank you.